Hello. Hello. I'm Alex. I'm Val. And today, we are going to talk about To Save Us All From Satan's Power. Season 3. Episode 10. Actually, today we're going to talk about this and the Telltale Musadel because we recorded them basically yeah, in a row. It's a Sunday. <laughs> we had a little bit of time. We made some Italian food in between. It's the Christmas season <laughs> here in New York. That's and right. So How appropriate for this episode. Things have been a little busy, but... Um, we love doing this. It's fun. So it's a nice way to spend a day to record two of these. Yeah. In true. a row. Um, so this is the, a Christmas episode. Yeah. Do we, ha- do we have other Christmas episodes? Not that I can think of. Not that I can think of either. I wouldn't have thought going into this that Sopranos would even have a Christmas episode, but they do. <laughs> you know, this, this season's interesting. Like, this this season is a lot about, like, the passing of time and the passing of seasons. Right. So it, in some ways, like, it doesn't surprise me that they do, but it also then in the same way, like, doesn't surprise me that other seasons don't. Right. You know, like this, there definitely is something about this season that's really focused on how time passes and how, like, even like they they do things to kind of like, um, even in this episode, like they do things to make you very aware of the passage of time. Yes. So in this episode, we have flashbacks, which is something else we don't see all that often in Sopranos. Um, and these are even like a different kind of flashback because these are flashbacks. Like the other flashbacks we've had are to things that we've seen before, right? Like they flash us back to past episodes. Yeah. These flashbacks slash maybe dreams, I don't know, <laughs> um, that happen in this episode are things that we've never seen before. These are actually like events from the past. Um, and so again, like this this season, this show is playing with the passage of time. They do really funny things to make us know that this is not happening in today's world. Yeah. Right? Like Tony has hair again. Polly yeah, does to- not have wings. Tony, <laughs> Tony has like a little bit of extra front hair. His hairline's yeah. still receding. Yeah. Polly has, doesn't have his silver wings on his hair. Jackie Jr. is wearing some oversized khakis to make him look like a small child. <laughs> he is. Um, you know, characters that are dead are showing up like... Like Jackie Senior, yeah. like Pussy, mm-hmm. like Gigi. Um, who else dead did we see? Was that it? It's a good question. I mean, we see like Junior in his prime, I guess, as like a powerful player. He He's still not looks dead, about the but, same. Yeah, he look, kind of looks exactly the same. Yeah, uh, I think those were all the dead people we saw. Yeah, but um, I don't know. So like, I so I like that this is a Christmas episode. It's it's been fun at least for us, like, because Thanksgiving fell for us around Thanksgiving this year, and now right. it's, like, the middle of December. So right. um, it kind of puts you in that kind of stressmas, as Melfi would say. <laughs> wow, so funny. What a great joke. She's hilarious, <laughs> um, as we know. But, yeah, like, it kind of allows you to dive into some of the emotions and the stressors of the characters and stuff like that too so that's yeah. been kind of interesting it's interesting i mean even the fact that like there's this christmas episode and there's also like overt references to thanksgiving earlier on mm-hmm. in the season like they really are marking these holiday events within mm-hmm. the season so you do have a better sense of how time is passing mm-hmm. than you typically do in other seasons but it also like you know like when you think about families and you think about traditions like those things are big parts of the way that families get together and we see in this episode like it's a part of how this you know soprano biological family gets together but it is also a really big part of the mob family right they have this like really strong christmas tradition yeah uh ever since 
Satrial killed himself. Right. <laughs> and that was going to be it's a beautiful. Yeah, really. it was going to be a really sad Christmas. But then Johnny Boy dressed up like Santa. Or I don't know if no, he no, no, dressed no, no, up, no. but he started the tradition. See, Johnny Boy started the tradition. I don't know yeah. who the original Santa I pussy. was. I don't think that seems like that would be long ago. Remember, like we've, we've seen flashbacks to that. Right. Good question. That's what I thought. but Oh, I think yeah. it was probably someone else. But anyway, but Pussy did take on that role at some point. Right. Um, and he did it for a long time. He did. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, it. we see how, like, they have this tradition, too. And so, like, the loss of somebody who used to be a big part of that tradition yeah. um, brings up a lot of feelings in these characters, more than one character, right? Yeah. There was something for me with that, actually, that I found interesting. Like, the, uh, the fact that Satriol committed suicide is is mm-hmm. relevant like that is like new information again like we see this collateral damage of their influence yeah. but then again there's this kind of like multi-dimensionality to these characters of like obviously they're perpetrating like horrible things on people yeah. and busting out this business but that tradition that they create is actually like kind of heartwarming yeah like they actually are kind of giving to the community and looking out for kids and giving them presents like there's nothing really nefarious about that like it's just like a nice thing that they're doing yeah but something that's that i was thinking about is like this idea of like big pussy is dead now and has moved on and they don't know how to fill that and bobby is the new santa and he can't fill those shoes yeah like he is unable to do it he's shy but he you know he's like his the kid is now coming up to santa and saying fuck you santa (laughs) (laughs) which again is like also like when you think about it in the scheme of like like heartwarming family traditions is like totally out of place like it it almost for me like reflects this passage of time to like a new generation and like a new millennium like a new century where like these things are almost like out of place and they've come in like after the end like it's kind of over like once big pussy dies and bobby takes over like it's a pretty pale imitation of its past yeah well i think i think chase is saying something here about like kind of like being nostalgic for the 90s, right? Like these, yeah. these flashbacks take place in 1995 and we're not that far away. We're in 2001. Yeah. But he's saying that there is something different now, right? Yeah. And you can see it. Like they show you it with the clothing. They show you it with like the kids that are lining up to see Santa. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, like he's definitely making commentary on it. And like we'll see, like, you know, as you know, as of next season, we'll have had events such as, like, September 11th happen, yeah. right? Like, there is Which, a shift, yeah. right? There, There is something, um, whether it's, like, generationally or just, like, culturally different that happens after the millennium. And he's, like, really on the pulse of capturing that, right? Like, even the stuff, like, ta- like the... Um, we see it two times, like the TV is on in 1995, yeah. and we see like the O.J. Simpson right. trial happening. Um, compared to then, like the things that are going to happen in the year 2001, um, I don't know. It's I, I, I find it like he's like, I mean, he's obviously a genius. I have no um, qualms about saying that, but like he's really on the pulse of some really. Um, interesting cultural phenomena that like I don't know if every like you in like looking back in the past you could be more aware of it but he mm-hmm. seemed to like kind of understand it kind of in the moment interesting in some ways too so yeah anyways, I think he's pretty great yeah <laughs> yeah I think that like 
that heartwarming aspect is kind of dead yeah in this current day yeah like it's it's just like it's kind of over and actually like that that one thing they were doing that actually like brought some increased dimension to these characters making you kind of like feel kind of like heartwarmed towards them or whatever is now yeah. like kind of gone and it's kind of like a failure like it doesn't work and now there's only like kind of these commercial or yeah, well like, and also these like these feelings of, of sadness or yeah. like reflecting on murdering their friend like that's kind of all that's left for me yeah no it's it's true and in the soprano household yeah like, even christmas like even like you know tony receiving a gift from meadow which mm-hmm. to be fair is like a really shitty gift compared to all the expensive things that she received like right you see her wearing like a burberry coat like, right you know like <laughs> with his tags on um Big Mouth I, Billy Bass is a pretty sweet present. I mean, I now, want one now. now I want one. Like, I wonder how expensive they are on eBay. Probably not that much. <laughs> um, maybe we should get one. If any of you want to get us a present for Christmas, you can order us a Big Mouth Billy Bass. One, my that. uncle got one. For, I remember that. My Uncle Barry got one for yeah. Christmas one year. Yeah, it's a great when, present. In the peak of yeah. Big Mouth Billy Bass. In the peak of Big Mouth. When yeah. was that? Mid-90s? Um, the heyday? I think it was like around the early 2000s. I think this was like really when oh, around they, the, right. they came out. Yeah. The big mouth Billy Bass years. Yeah. The decade of bass. <laughs> I mean, I think it was like a year of bass. <laughs> it was like the pizza rat of 2003 yeah, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like all, like he, like all he's left with, like you don't see him receive any other gifts during this episode right Right. you see other people you see aj's got this scooter (laughs) that he's scooting around on and like a shitty sweater that he got from his nana right Um, i like how they leave that unresolved from tony's list like it says scooter but then we never see him get the scooter we see him transfer cannolis and well no but we we see aj riding around on the scooter yeah but that's how they kind of like complete yeah well he says to carm i got the scooter (laughs) (laughs) okay that's true (laughs) i guess Um, aj just really wanted a scooter yeah he wanted to scoot yeah, he's a scooter. Um, we see Meadow get, you know, gifts from ja- – an ugly heart necklace from Jackie Jr. Saying he'll um, always, always be true. He'll always be true. We'll talk about him later. We see Carmela get a, like, you know, diamond tennis bracelet or something like that. And then the only thing we see Tony get is this Big reminder yeah. that is, like, a silly gift, first of all. Yeah. But this reminder – like something that's like pretty deep and harmful for him, you know? Yeah. Um, and he like, I mean, James Gandolfini, we say this all the time, but like. He's good at acting. He's good at acting. Yeah, he's pretty good. I mean, I <laughs> I think like, I don't know if anyone said this before, but James Gandolfini. Is good at acting. Is really good at acting. Was really good at acting. Wow. Um, Tall statement. <laughs> I know. But no, but like, I mean, I always, you know, whatever. I always like get excited about it but the scene where he is like trying to hide his emotions from meadow and the rest of the family and you see like all of them laughing and you see like he's just i mean he's just he his facial expressions are so complex and they're so real and i have no idea how he gets himself into that mindset where he can like actually be so genuine yeah in those moments it's amazing but yeah he gets this gift that's like you know capturing a lot of his sadness and mm-hmm. his um his psyche at this time where he is like remembering his friends so. i think yeah that is a part of it like and it is a continuing aspect of this show is that like the joy of everyday life is ruined for tony soprano mm-hmm. and his and his mob family based on their actions mm-hmm. like they their life is completely compromised by their decisions and their behavior and i think yeah like that 
fun gift is completely ruined and ends up representing something so different than it's intended. Yeah. You know, strictly based on who they are and who they've become and what yeah. they've done. It's even interesting, like, it's like seeing them back in 1995, right? Like, there is something different about them, right? Like, right. with Jackie Sr. as the boss. Yeah. Um, Tony's, you know, kind of, you know, you were reminding me, like, he was like their hired gun, basically, right? Like, he was like their muscle. I think he was right? like a capo. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, at that point. Um, yeah, he's like a captain. I mean, was he a cap? Was think he a so. captain at that point? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And he has his crew. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think okay. that's kind of where he was. But he was okay. definitely senior, but he wasn't running things. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, you know, you see Christopher, who's like even younger than he is now. Yeah. Like whatever he was, like getting kind of around, sandwiches. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. There was something more like lighthearted with them even in this like really stressful like there was this thing going on with junior right they like mm -hmm. sent pussy down to boca to or, or yeah sent pussy down to boca to talk to junior because he had you know done something with the truck line right right um and it's this like big kind of confrontation that's about to happen but even in that like there's some lightness to them yeah. they're not as heavy yeah as they are now um, at least that's kind of like how I was seeing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love how this episode starts mm -hmm. in particular. And I like I had to even pause the um, the show and just like say how much how much I love it because Tony's back at Asbury Park. Yeah. And so last time we were there, it was a dream sequence, yeah. right? It was the, the only time we've been there. The it's only been a, the it's only been time we've been there, sequence. it was a dream sequence. And so we were there, and it's cold again, like it was also cold in the dream sequence. Um, and we're like, is this a dream like last time? And then we see all these dead characters, right? Yeah. We see Jackie Senior, yeah. and we see Pussy. Yeah. And those are both two characters who we've seen die, yeah. right? And so we're like, is this a dream, right? Um, and then they're talking about these real things that we kind of know about, right? Like they're talking about Junior, they're talking about Jackie Jr. Um, they're talking about Pussy's money struggles to send his kids to Villanova. Yeah. And that he's selling H yeah. to pay for it, right? right? Which all kind of, again, comes back. Um, and it ends with, well, at least that scene ends with Pussy saying that he always wanted a house by the ocean. Maybe, right. Maybe in another life. And also these this, like, gazing out at the water, which yeah. is a complete reference to the last scene of season two and a lot of focus on the yeah. water. Yeah. Yeah. And so we don't we don't have yet a sense that that's anything real, right? That like we It's definitely disorienting. It's disorienting. Like as a viewer, like you're probably inclined, like again, we've seen this show before. Spoiler. Spoiler. But <laughs> but um like I I even like seeing it I'm like, "Wait a second. Like is this a dream sequence? Like right. what's going on here?" Yeah. And then we transition, we're still at Asbury Park. Yeah. And we have Polly who always looks like a creepy dude who would be in a dream sequence like he kind of like floats up kind of because we have him floating by in that right. last dream sequence and so he kind of like approaches tony in this really weird way and he says so we're gonna go see your boat <laughs> you know like <laughs> like you're like he's so i mean he looks crazy right you're like is this still a dream right and we don't know and then tony wakes up so 
at this point in the episode, we really don't know what's real and what's not. Right. Right. We find out later on he he like gives a one off mention that he had gone to the shore to winterize his boat the day before or whatever. Right. Yeah. He talk. He talks to Melfi about it, doesn't he? Uh, you just dropped your pen. I just dropped my pen. That's okay. Um, Sorry, everyone. <laughs> but uh, we're not gonna pause it for yeah. edit it for that. Um, you know, yeah, so he's with he's with Melfi, and he says he went to the shore to winterize his boat. Um, and but we see him wake up from that dream. Like, he we see him wake up in a panic, right? Yeah. So it's really unclear what part of that was a dream and what part of that was was completely, real, yeah. Which I love, and I think yeah, like because like it makes you wonder too, like the fact that those things did exist. Like now we have the context of him meeting at Asbury Park, which did, gives a different meaning to. The dream sequences that he had that revealed that Big Pussy was a traitor to him. Right. No, exactly. Because now it's like those actual events infiltrated his subconscious and that was just kind of like bubbling up. Mm -hmm. Which is different, right, than just like a weird dreamscape Mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. It's like that was kind of like festering and he was dealing with that within his subconscious and then it came out. Yeah, well, because we see like throughout this episode, right, that they are revisiting the events of 1995 to see if at that point Pussy was already wearing a wire. Yeah. Right? So it, it makes sense then that that, like, because that's, you know, we're, what we are referring to is the dream where Tony kind of, in his dream state, comes to a realization that Pussy is the rat. Right. right. That's the dream that takes place at Asbury yeah. Park. And so it is interesting then to see this flashback, right, where um, they're talking about Pussy selling H. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we have mention of him going away yeah going away and coming back which is suspicious always right his back is already hurting at that point yeah um so it makes sense that that's like what's living in tony's subconscious totally um and then we see that it's living in other characters subconscious too right so we have a dream from sill which (laughs) which we've never seen inside his subconscious before but now we. but he's being haunted by the discovery of the santa suit yeah. 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 So it's like the holidays bring up weird stuff. And I don't think that there's supposed to be closure on whether it's a dream or real. I mean, my interpretation is that it happens. He's in Asbury Park and it's it's I d- real. I think so too. For sure. And he's yeah. actually there meeting with Polly in the current day. But he's ba- but he's thinking about this past event. Yeah, I think yeah. that is the evidence is probably overwhelmingly in favor of oh, that. Yeah. But they they drop these little things where there is a little bit of ambiguity in the fact that he's waking up and they use these edits and there's an insanely weird edit I where know, the we'll screen talk about like that one later. Turn, well, yeah. I mean, there's not much to talk about it. The screen like turns into a diamond and <laughs> rotates around and then they go to the yeah. next scene. It's in another. It's it's within a flashback. Yeah, that, that edit is within a flashback, which is very like unusual for the show, which really focuses on having kind of like our. A realism to it at all times. Mm-hmm. But I think it's very intentional. I mean, I think this show is constantly dealing with ambiguity and unresolved questions. And like, even when they go to the flashback and they're talking to Pussy and the first scene is the TV and it's OJ Simpson, which mm-hmm. is like a pretty famous case of people not knowing the answer of whether this is something that mm-hmm. happened or didn't happen. <laughs> and then... I mean, well. is it? <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Nonetheless... <laughs> I think that it's used for a purpose. And even in that scene, like, the kind of, like, mixed use of images. So, like, they're in this kind of, like, oceanfront diner and they're talking and you have this imagery of water behind them, which has kind of been, like, elevated to this kind of, like, metaphorical level within the show. But now it's within the context of this real situation that actually happened. 
and yet there's still like some question because everything is getting kind of like muddled. So is it real? Is it not? What is real? What lives in the subconscious? It's all kind of mixed together. Yeah. Well, and the same with this like um, hypothesizing that pussy might have been a rat all the way back in 95. Right. Right. Like we have evidence that supports because we heard it from Skip Lapari. We have evidence that supports that they only turned pussy in 1998. Yeah. That was sad. Yeah. He states that in the second season. Right. But I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess it's it's possible that he could have been turned right. for that. And Skip Lapari was not privy to it. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, but like we we have this ambiguity in that too. We have these, you know, like they revisit these scenes like when Pussy showed up already wearing a Santa suit yeah. and got mad at, I think it was at Polly for like hitting him on the stomach. Mm-hmm. Right? He's like, watch the suit. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, like the mentions to like his back pain, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It just brings ambiguity to these events, yeah. which I think is what this show yeah. is constantly doing. But the result is really real, right? Like, the res- the result is not ambiguous. The result is, like, Tony says to Melfi, like, after being in last week's episode, slash mm-hmm. for us earlier today's episode, where he's feeling really good. He's in this new relationship with Gloria. He's, yeah. like, super happy. Not he- that he says that, but... <laughs> Not that he says that to Melfi, that he's in a new relationship with Gloria. No, but we know we know why he's feeling so happy in that episode. Here he says to Melfi, he says, I was feeling so good and now I'm back to square one. Um, like I have ginger ale on the brain. Yeah. Which is a good Getting close to panic attacks too, which is something Well, like waking from. up in a panic attack, yeah. right? Which Carmela gives zero fucks about. Right. Because um, it's, Christ- <laughs> it's Christmas time. Stressmas. <laughs> Stressmas time. Um, and so the implications are really real. And like the sadness that these guys feel, like with Syl having this dream as well about pussy stealing Garlsberg cheese from the strip club. <laughs> Um, you know, these, these things are really real. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to like, just see if I have everything else with yeah. that that I, I mean, wanted like, to talk you know, about. Yeah, there's just like, you know, there's a lot of examples. Like they talk about the 1995 sit down and like, right. as if like pussy being MIA is like definitive right. proof right, 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 of right, him right. being a rat. And it's like, it's not like we yeah. don't have that. And you know, Tony's a character who doesn't deal well with ambiguity. Yeah. It's interesting, even in Melfi's office when pussy is mentioned by Melfi, yeah. he just stands up and walks out. Yeah. Probably like the most unambiguous way that he could respond to that kind right. of line of questioning. Right. But even, yeah, the way that they interpret information now, it's like, oh, that answers it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't actually have all the answers. Yeah, but for me, it makes sense. Like, like they have to look for some kind of... Um, I mean, it's human, yeah. We yeah, all are. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're constantly trying to solve the puzzles. <laughs> oh, we're always trying to solve Sopranos puzzles, definitely. But, like, they killed their friend right and there's a ton of references to that like pussy's like i love that guy more than anything and he yeah. fucked us you know yeah. um so obviously they yeah Polly er, said that. oh sorry yeah. Yeah. oh god <laughs> well, pussy. i'm ta- this is the second episode today <laughs> i'm sorry i always mess up names um they they have they have to find some way to deal with it of just course. just like they have to find you know, like, even though Bobby is, like, the least perfect replacement for Pussy as Santa Claus, like, they couldn't just not have that be a thing, yeah. right? They, like, um, they they need to go on and they need to be able to function. 
And the only way they can do that is to kind of like tell themselves a story, right? Mm -hmm. It's comforting. Yeah. Um, they can feel kind of justified for doing it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, I don't know, it's very, um, it's very human. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's like what I love about this show a lot is that they really like make you question the things that you consider to be unambiguous. Yeah. Um, in that as well. So, yeah, definitely. I think that's, I think it's important. Um, what else do we have going on in this episode? Well, we have Janice showing her true colors again. Yeah. Like. <laughs> oh, Janice. Yeah. So we now we're kind of like we've had a while since we've dealt with this, but we go back to Janice's um, interaction with the Russian mom. Right. Um, and so we see Tony going to his Russian connections who work at like a weird show, like Russian showgirl hall. Hall. Banquet hall. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Um, and we see him going to his contacts there who also seem to launder money for him. Right. Um, they uh, transfer cannolis. They, yeah, the transfer cannolis. Yeah. I wasn't sure what he meant. I was like, <laughs> I really like cannolis. Um, I don't like transferring them. I like no, that. I like to eat them. Um, but he goes there to get their help with dealing with Janice. And it's an interesting one because I feel like Janice is faking it. I mean, I... I don't know what you feel, but like yeah, no, I feel like, like she's manipulating. Like their their sink is full of dishes, and she's like, I just can't because of my yeah. wrist. But actually, Tony is like, it really hurts, huh? Mm -hmm. Like Tony actually. Their know, relationship is pretty fascinating in this, yeah. Yeah, like even with like, because within all this other stuff that he's facing, right? Like he's definitely like going through something with Christmas and pussy and all yeah. this kind of stuff. Um, he doesn't have the same like maybe bullshit radar for Janice as he sometimes does he's like it really hurts huh and then he's like I, you know what like I'm gonna deal with this right and so he like he carries out not a, I guess not a hit like they don't kill him yeah. but he's the one like he's like no I'm gonna do this yeah uh, and he put like Tony's not going around killing that many folk or hurting that many folks yeah. these days yeah. you know like he sends other people to do that shit for him um, and then when Janice finds out, right, then Janice sees she's it on like TV. She's, like, overwhelmed and emotional. And yeah. I, for me, it's, like, her response is that she's, like, it's so emotional because it's, like, her brother cared for her so much. Totally. Which is so weird and toxic and bizarre. But, I mean, I, like, I don't know when Tony kind of, like, last did something like that for Janice. Right. Well, and Janice talks about, like, you know, it reminds her that it's, like, we, we need to talk about, like. The brother. Br the brother, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, like, brotherly love or, right. like. And they're like, you don't always see your siblings. Yeah. And that idea that, like, that is so moving to her that her brother went and beat up this Russian who yeah, she would had like very that. good cause to come and, you know, retrieve yeah. this leg. Like, it's a very kind of sick and twisted situation. Yeah. Um, and also kind of a window into the depravity of Janice as a character. Like, that is what would overwhelm her with emotion. And, like, what she would appreciate is very strange. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, but, I, like, that was believable. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I could see how that would make Janice that overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. She's someone who's clearly really struggling to find... Uh, not meaning. I mean, I think, like, she's like she is in some ways seeking meaning, right? Like, she definitely seeks meaning through different religions and stuff like yeah. that. 
but like she's also trying to find like love. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she, we've seen her date a number of people great more taste. seriously than great others. Great taste in men. She's great taste. Now she's dating this narcoleptic who I think could be a fake narcoleptic because <laughs> there's that one point where everyone comes in. That's the ambiguity you got to deal with. Yeah. Is he, uh, I think he is a narcoleptic, but as soon as Tony walks in, he just... But you can use your narcolepsy. Right. Narcolepsy? Yeah. Um, to your advantage, so. you know? Yeah. Um, and he's this religious guy. So we also have, you know, we see her, like, using religion to try to make some money. Well, she even states that, you know, it's a good thing that it happened. It's the best thing because it led her to Christ. And to the Christian music business. Like, it's yeah. this, like, business decision that she can, like, make money from, like, writing music. Yeah. Which pretty clearly has not happened yet. I doubt she's making big yeah, money from... Yeah, that song seemed very strange. Yeah. Um, and I And I like when... His, his blood clean stains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Um, I like when Tony's still there and... What's the narcoleptic's name? What's oh, her... Oh, God. I know. You know, he's that guy. Um, Alan? Christian. I thought it was nowhere or something. <laughs> I think it's Alan. I don't know. I think um, we're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Well, whatever. The narcoleptic, when he starts them, like, playing keyboard after mm-hmm. he wakes up and Tony just kind of, like, looks at him. Like... Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's pretty... It's pretty amazing. Um, what else do we have here? So yeah, so like again, like the whole family element in this episode, I think is like really, really strong, right? Mm-hmm. For both families and like what what those relationships mean, and what what are the things that kind of bind people together, and yeah. how do you know that your family is loyal to you? And I think that's what Janice was kind of dealing with, right? Like, like she felt loyalty from Tony that she yeah. that he was on her side. Um, I don't know. Um, the other thing that we have well, going we... on here, there's a couple things. We have this, we have the, like, um, the, I always call it, like, the biological soprano, um, Christmas mm-hmm. going on as well. So, there's this, I, I think it's a really good scene where, um, Carmela is sitting in front of the Christmas tree mm-hmm. and she's drinking a glass of wine. Mm. And... Their house no longer has that weird music art over the fireplace. Their house is, like, very Christmas. Like, yeah. it's, like, over-the-top yeah. Christmas. Yeah. And she's sitting there, and Meadow comes in wearing a headband. And she come, she gets herself a wine glass and pours herself a glass of wine and sits with Carmela. And Carmela makes mention to the new angel on top of the tree. Like, she's right. clearly, like, done some shopping. Like, she's, like, you know, mm-hmm. done things to make Christmas fancy. Yeah. Um, and then they're talking about this angel. And they show, like, a close-up of the angel, right, um, on the screen. But then when we see Carmela and Meadow looking at it, the tree is actually so big and so opulent that you can't even see the angel on top of the yeah. tree. And so... I think that Chase is definitely here making commentary on Christmas generally. Like, what is Christmas? Or maybe and their interpretation of it. Well, the sure. The way that they celebrate it. Yeah. yeah, but I think, like, you know, like, whatever. Because we see it celebrated in all sorts mm-hmm. of different ways. Like, um, and we see kind of the symbolism. We hear music that is part mm-hmm. of Christmas. Yeah. But I think it, like, and then, like, you know, with all the gift giving, like we mentioned before, um... I think there is this, I don't know, like, I think he's obviously, like, skeptical of religion. I don't mm-hmm. think that he would, I never f- get the sense that he's promoting um, right. religiosity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
but he is kind of capturing again like maybe it's even like 1995 versus 2001 or um just like you know giving us a picture of what it is to celebrate christmas in the soprano household mm -hmm. but it's definitely this like money centric right. opulent kind of celebration yeah. Which is in counterpart in some ways to what the guys at Satrials put on, which is like mm -hmm. kind of like charitable. Yeah. Um, in some ways too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, just, I don't know. I just kind of like that scene. Like you couldn't even see what they were looking at because yeah, this and like, like, the, like tree was intended, so ginormous. Yeah, the like intended focal point of Christmas is invisible. Yeah. Because it's like out of the frame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Your focus ends up going elsewhere. Um, and again, like. You know, I think that's, you know, I was reading an article recently about Christmas and like, um, you know, more so than ever, like there's, you know, more people who are not religious who right. are celebrating Christmas, mm -hmm. right? It used to be like people kind of celebrated it more in tandem. Yeah. And now it's more and more that people who like aren't religious whatsoever, but still celebrate this holiday. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting in light of that as well. Yeah. Um, we also have in that scene, of course, like what, at the Soprano Christmas, we have Jackie Jr. And so yeah. like Jackie Jr. is a big part of this episode, um, as he ha was in the past episode too. Mm, um, they are really propelling his story forward. They are. And I like that we see him as like a teenager who's just taken the SATs too mm -hmm. back in 1995. Yeah. Um, but we have him, we see him in this episode at a strip club, a different mm -hmm. strip club. I don't know where this one is. Yeah. It's like, not a, I don't know if it's classier or not as classy as the Bing. <laughs> <laughs> Unknown. Or just on the same level as the Bing, I'm not sure. Same um, level, I think, yeah. <laughs> but just a different, they're checking out the competition. Right, same so level of class. They go over there. Um, and we see him getting a lap dance. And Tony, like, that's one of the more violent scenes we've seen in a little bit. Mm -hmm. When he... Especially coming from Tony. Kind of, yeah, again, like we see Tony kind of engaging in these violent acts that yeah. we haven't seen him engaging in in a very long time. Mm -hmm. And again, maybe is that part of his like anger and sadness surrounding some of the events that have right. been going on? But he definitely doesn't seem like he's not the happy wanderer that we saw like whistling out of no. Melfi's office last week. No. There's definitely some stuff going on. Um, but, you know, like uh, there's overlap in this episode between Tony and Jackie Jr., right? So, and, and with last episode as well, I'm kind of glad we watched these two in the same day, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, because we see, again, this con this continuation of gift giving. Yeah. And so we see Jackie Jr. So Jackie Jr. gets a lap dance, Tony's pissed, beats up Jackie Jr., yeah. finds out he has a gun, finds out he dropped out of Rutgers, um, or flailed out of, flailed, failed yeah. out of Rutgers. Yeah. Um, and Tony's really disappointed at him, right? And that's why I think that flashback that he's in also, that mm -hmm. he's, like, just taken the SATs and he's kind of, like, yeah. fresh and whatever. Like, yeah. Tony says, like, I always told your dad, like, you were a good kid. Mm -hmm. And you just keep, like, doing this yeah. kind of stuff, you know? But but especially now that he's with Meadow, mm -hmm. um, Tony has these really high expectations of him. But what Jackie Jr. is doing is not different than what Tony is doing to Carmela. No. And they're both... Like, they're both then giving these gifts, mm -hmm. right? But I think that's why Tony is, like, extra angry or extra judgmental about it, right? Like, there is definitely something of himself that he sees in Jackie. Yeah. And maybe it's also, like, again, like, we haven't gotten to that yet. But when we think about Tony when he was a teenager, 
like he had another option too. Yeah. Um, was it a real option? Was it a real option for Jackie Jr.? I don't know. Yeah. But like, he, yeah. he's aware of these kind of like other paths that people could possibly take. Right. And especially when it's someone who kind of like so um, shadows his own, uh, I don't know what the correct word for it is, but like shadows the things that Tony is also maybe like at his core ashamed of, or at least like is trying to cope with. Um, that that's like extra offensive yeah. to him and like makes him extra angry. And he doesn't like he says even to Jackie Jr. Like, I haven't decided what I'm going to yeah. do with you yet. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And for me, like Jackie Jr.'s like intention of becoming like a Hugo Boss like designer is almost starting to sound to me like Tony's reminiscence mm -hmm. of like being a patio furniture yeah, salesman. Or even being a football, like being yeah. a football player. Right? Yeah. But it's, like, detached from reality. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. It's, like, kind of this pipe dream. Yeah. It's this, like, what if yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, there was definitely, like, again, with that gift giving. And, like, I love Tony's face in the background when Jackie Jr. is giving Meadow that. Oh, and they that. have that, like, that shot that we've talked about before on the podcast. Yeah. Like, where you have, like, Meadow and Jackie, like, yeah. clearly in, like, a one-on-one -on -one moment. But then framed in between them. Like, you it's see Tony's Tony and his yeah. reaction, like, looking back yeah. at them. Like, it's a really interesting shot. Yeah. And, and kind of, like, captures the complicated chemistry between those three characters. Yeah. And it is complicated. Like, I'm su I'm surprised that by, that by this point, Tony hasn't been, like, you tell Meadow that you're not seeing her anymore. Yeah, it is surprising. You know? Because... Yeah, I don't know. Like that—that that does surprise me. Again, like maybe that's part of the whole complication that he does. I think he does see parts of himself or whatever. Yeah. Like parts of Jackie Jr. are very close to who he is. Well, too. and also Jackie is like his like oldest friend, so it's complicated by that. Totally. Um, and he hasn't figured it out. Like the worst transgressions by Jackie Jr. happened at the end of this episode, and he hasn't really like responded yeah. yet. So yeah. And I, Jackie Jr. Again, he his excuse is that he was at a bachelor party. Right. Yeah. He seems he, to be going to a lot of bachelor yeah, parties. Yeah. Like he he was clearly by himself there, just like he was clearly by himself at the casino right. last episode. <laughs> um, he does. He goes to a lot of um, bachelor parties. Um, seems but like he's he says to him like he's worried about him breaking Meadow's heart if he knew, but at the same time he's doing the exact yeah. same thing to Carmela, right? So yeah. like, um, that's like actually tricky. on a much larger scale, you know. But but he's also but then he's also like super cruel to Carmela, right? Like he kind of like that's a, a hard scene for to watch. Yeah. When he like comes out and Carmela's like, "Where were you last night?" Yeah. He says something. He's like, "He was the prince of monogamy or, or something." He was the like poster the, boy the poster boy of monogamy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he says it in this like really cruel voice. Um, and again, like he was, he wasn't, oh, as far as we know, well, he, I guess he was at a strip club at some point, not yeah. as earlier, but yeah. I, I don't know, like just the way he says it to her. Yeah. Ugh, it's like, yeah, it's brutal. it's really awful. And it's also like that turning of the tables that like diverting yeah. of attention from his transgressions. Yeah. But we see it like, we see it even like when, cause oh, Jackie gives Meadow that necklace and like Carmela's like, let me see, let me see. Yeah. And then same when Tony gives... Carmela, that bracelet, yeah. Meadows, like, let me see, right? Yeah. Like, they're both really consumed yeah. with, even though there might be these other, like, transgressions or, like, issues going on, like, they, they both are consumed with the material stuff that mm -hmm. comes with it. And it's not to be, like, you know, 
blame blaming them or whatever you know like um but that's definitely like it is currency in this yeah. scenario yeah um and i guess the only other thing i really have is the stuff with charmaine and yeah. i guess like by association Artie. right um I love Charmaine. She's like one of the characters a, yeah. that I like. You don't get to see her that often, but I. She's. St- I mean, she stands up for principal. She's one of the few, few yeah. characters. I I think her joke about the FBI is pretty funny. It's pretty funny, yeah. Yeah, because they're all like distracted by her boobs, also. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, and you know, again, we see like that relationship. I mean, there's. I guess there was other issues going on, but like a big part of the reason why that relationship disintegrated yeah. was also because of Tony. Yeah. You know, and she's aware of that. Yeah. She's like, you've already done this and like yeah. now like he's a disaster. Like yeah. you help him. Yeah. Um so but I anyways I thought her joke was funny. And I do, <laughs> I do think she looks great. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she should divorce Hardy. We'll see. Yeah. Um how about the title to save us all from Satan's power? Yeah. For me, it's interesting because okay, so my uh, Christian songs is not A plus, but so <laughs> okay. My Christmas songs are not A plus. Yeah. They're this is one of my favorite Christmas songs. Okay. Actually, God, God rest, rest ye merry gentlemen. Okay, so what's the line? Jesus will save us. Uh, no. So let nothing you dismay. Yeah. For Jesus Christ, our Savior, yeah. was born on Christmas Day uh-huh. to save us all from Satan's power. Okay, so. So, okay, so Jesus Christ. So the absence of him, like, from the title, like, who will save us from Satan's power? Like, I think that that is a recurring part of this show. Mm. And I think that this link to, like, Satan or Lucifer or whatever is something that gets built on. Lucifer. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. Satan, same thing, whatever. <laughs> but that's something that gets built on later on with some kind of, like, mm. symbols and and. And imagery that mm-hmm. we that we see, mm-hmm. and I think yeah, like all of these characters, like we were talking about in the last episode, like when people are confronted with a moral decision, people always kind of choose the route of convenience. Mm-hmm. Like people don't think about, and that's why Charmaine stands out mm-hmm. because she actually like confronts these issues and thinks about like what the right thing to do is, and what the impact of these quick decisions are that maybe benefit somebody in the short run but damage a lot of other people. Right. So, like, all of these characters, I think, are seduced by these, like, kind of damaging ideas and decisions. And I think, yeah, like, there is an absence of, like, a good force, like, something that could save them from Satan's power. And at the end of the day, the characters are responsible for their own decisions and actions. But... In this world, we don't really see anything that's, like, kind of guiding people. No, like, there's multiple options that are kind of evil, but then there's not a, like, there's not a good, (laughs) there's not, like, a force for good. We have, like, multiple pathways of bad, Mm -hmm. mostly. Yeah. It's not, like, a dichotomy. It's not good and evil. It's, like, evil and evil and evil and evil and, like, a little bit less evil. Yeah. That's about it. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Um... The only other thing I have is actually the really cool, like, cameo that was in this. I mean, cool. I thought it was cool. Okay. I think directors of photo- direct- cinematographers and, and DPs are, like, kind of, like, the coolest people totally. out there. Um, so, anyway, uh, director of photography for this show, I'm probably pronouncing this wrong, but Alik Sakharov, who 
um, worked on 38 episodes of the show as the DP and has done other stuff now, like Game of Thrones as a director and, and cinematographer. He's the Russian bookkeeper that's kind of like... He's like, sitting. I'm already doing it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Anyway, I like I like those cameos. There's There's been a few now, but yeah. um, that's cool to you know see him popping up. Yeah, I do like when they do that too. Yeah. But. I mean, also, I'm just such a big fan of like the cinematography in general yeah. on this show. I just yeah. think there's uh, a pretty amazing oh, eye. No. Every, I mean, every shot in this episode, or not this episode, <laughs> in this show, yeah, is art. Yeah, really I is. think so. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was cool to see his face. <laughs> you didn't know his face before, but now you do. Yeah. Anyway, just wanted to share that with everyone because I didn't know that until this viewing. I think. Yeah. I guess a few viewings ago, but I forgot. Yeah. We have, you know, yeah. read about the show. Many times, and from many different sources. Yeah. Many times over. Anyway. Um, you know, Merry Early Christmas. Merry Early Whenever Christmas. Whenever you're listening to Merry this. to save us all from Satan's power. Yeah. 310 of Sopranos. And we only have three episodes left. Of the season, yeah. Yeah. So we'll be back soon. Yeah. And Maybe thanks not for today. listening. No, we're done for today. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. 